next edition of the CPG Scoop. We are thrilled today to welcome Katie and Polly to the CPG Scoop. I am Risa Crandall. And I'm Jennifer Silverberg. And we are thrilled to have Katie and Polly, as I said, joined us from Syndigo and a great introduction, introduction from Brett Thurston over at Hostess. So shout out to Brett. Um, we're so happy to have you both here. And we always like to just get started by having you introduce yourselves to our audience and tell us a little bit about you and how you got to Syndigo and, and educate our audience about Syndigo and what it's what it's all about. Yeah, that's great. Um, I'll get us started. So my name is Katie Gallo. Um, I love Brett too. So hi, Brett. Uh, thanks for the introduction. Uh, I have been in the CPG industry since 2017. So I started at a company called Spins, which is a consumer insights and analytics company within the CPG space, primarily focused on the natural products industry. Um, but then in late 2018, um, I joined Syndigo, which is where I still am today. At Syndigo, we support various industries, um, but CPG being a major one, and we give them the tools to manage, syndicate, and optimize data um, you know, in their in their day-to-day processes. So that's a little bit about me, and I'll hand it over to Polly. Yeah, and I, uh, Polly Clinic, I've been in the industry since about uh, 2015. Um, my journey started at EdgeNet. We were about 35-ish employees acquired in late 2018, um, and now Syndigo over a thousand employees globally. So it's been a blast witnessing a lot of the transformation in the industry, and and really at um, the growth at Syndigo um, for the past like nine years. And from EdgeNet to Syndigo, we've definitely navigated and we support a lot of different industries to Katie's point. So CBG, hard lines, food service, pet, health, automotive, apparel, beauty, you name it. We probably uh, work with them. And um, I think while, you know, every industry comes with this unique challenges, the level of maturity and opportunities at hand um, definitely keep things interesting. And, and it, what's kept me here and um, it's been kind of new challenges, sometimes even daily. So it's really been fun. The potential, the people, um, daily innovations, that, that keeps me energized. So, so and, and we might want to just kind of go through like a, a little bit about Syndigo. So um, maybe I'll just do that just hopefully in like two sentences. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we do, we help uh, businesses succeed in commerce. So we optimize data and really get the data where it needs to go. Um, so to us, it's not just about fixing the problems. It's about setting all of the brands up for um, successes from a data-driven approach and customer experiences um, to ultimately build successes and growth. So that can mean different things to two different brands, but sales, compliance, efficiencies, digital transformation, customer loyalty. So hopefully I did that right in about Very cool. So um, just kicking it off, uh, we always ask this question, what one word would you use to describe the consumer marketing space right now, CPG and general consumer marketing? Yeah, um, I'll take that first. And one word is hard. But um, if I were to choose one word, uh, I would go with uh, evolving or evolution. Um, And really, this space is just seeing constant change and innovation. I know that a lot of CPG brands, um, the huge ones and the small ones, are feeling pressure to adapt at a rapid pace. And I don't expect that. I don't think anyone expects that to go away anytime soon. So just the idea of evolution and ongoing change comes to mind when thinking about this industry right now. And Polly? Yep. Uh, similar to Katie, but uh, diff- a little bit different, I assume. Uh, it's transformative. So... Um, transformation in the industry, consumer behaviors, as we know, 
um, but also just reflecting on and, and kind of shifting the mindset mindset of brands and individuals really and how they transform experiences in their day to day to support a lot of the transformation that we're seeing in the industry. So it's also been fun to see um, different types of people join the industry, but also folks that have stuck around for a long time. And I, I know nine years can seem really long to some people, and then some to some they're like, "Oh, that's nothing." <laughs> so um, I think it's also been cool to see the mindset shift um, with a lot of folks to get really creative and think outside the box. And honestly, you can tell that they're a little bit uncomfortable with it, but um, growth comes with uncomfortability. So it's really been cool to see that uh, passion and creativity come through. That's great. That's great. And, you know, you kind of touched on it a little bit with your words, but what opportunities do you feel it really creates in the CPG space right now by having this creativity and data? What What's What's that turbo boost that you see um, the industry being able to take through? Yeah, um, you know, that's a really great question. And our perspective, like kind of mentioned before, will be slightly weighted towards um, how somebody can use technology and data to be successful. Um, I know, you know, data primarily, it's it's knowing initially just what to do with it and how to manage it. Um, and so I think there's a huge opportunity for, for CPG companies to um, invest in their analytics teams, um, invest in understanding, okay, we have this data. What does that mean? How can I better service my customer? How can I embark in digital transformation initiatives to better engage with and serve that customer and even my employees? Um, so it's it's really taking the insights that you can gather and then using those to meet those customer expectations that are constantly evolving. So yeah. how how is Syndigo playing in that? What's Syndigo doing specifically in this space, taking advantage of this evolving, hard, opportunistic space? Man, lots of <laughs> <laughs> uh, lots of different things. So I mean, we think that. I mean, to Katie's point, data and insights is, is a huge trend and thing that we're seeing um, a point of investment to. And so we, uh, while we are a technology solution or a, a software company, um, we have trust or we, we think that our um, the vendors and people that we work with trust us from not just our technology and processes perspective, but also services um, because we do believe that that data really is the backbone of everything. So we support um, the kind of life cycle of data and those experiences from a lot of different places, from the inception of like R&D creation of content to managing and structuring and governing the content and keeping up with compliance needs to optimizing and really creating an engaging experience for the brands to, to kind of test, A-B test some of these things. And then, of course, um, the feedback loop back to Katie's point is hugely important to transformation and evolution and really listening to customers and becoming customer centric. Um, so those analytics and insights back into the technolo technology or your modernized tech stack but also having a trusted partner to kind of help you determine and, and recommend what you should be doing differently. So having the confidence in whatever partner you choose to make sure that not only is the data, the foundational element that is, is, is you know, huge, but also hard to kind of tackle in a lot of cases, um, but also unpacking the, the data and insights that you do get back with the right partner um, to make those changes is, is hugely important right now. So that's a little taste of what we do. We kind of play in all of those, um, the, the, the processes and um, variations of what that means to our customers. Can you give us an example of 
where you've done that and and how that's played out or how you've you know taken advantage of or taken advantage of sounds bad but how you've helped a client in the in the face of all of this um uh change and yeah i mean i think when and, and katie feel free to jump into here um but we do have you know purpose built solutions so there are a lot of folks that come in and they say, I just need to get my data from here to here, right? And so they're, they might come in with, I just need to get some data to this particular recipient. And what we kind of unpack and kind of release, I guess, is the, the potential to kind of go beyond that and look into you know, what else they could be doing. So it's not just about getting the data from X, X, you know, X to Y or A to B or C to D, whatever, whatever analogy you want to use there. Um, But it's also what's working, what's not working, and how can I test some things with the right partner, but also feel confident about those tests. So a lot of times when they do come in, that's, that's what they think. They're like, this is the problem that I need to get solved. But then they realize that there's a lot more um, innovations and creativity that they can do through our extended recipient network so they can send to more people. We are able to um, just kind of unleash uh, more with the assortment that they have too. And then also really test experiences, whether that's, um, you know, certain pictures and imagery um, on one site versus another to kind of see what's actually working and what consumers actually enjoy engaging with versus just what the brand thinks from like a, a personal personalization um, perspective. So kind yeah. of a, a lot of things there, but. <laughs> yeah, I think you're saying, and, and sorry. Yeah. I want to make sure that we, that we focus on what's actionable. You're saying that, that, that you feel like one of the opportunities that uh, you help support is helping brands weed through all the many things they could be doing and figure out what they should be doing. Is that what you're, I'm just trying yeah, to I mean, It is part of it is prioritizing their digital strategies. Right. And okay. so sitting down with them and 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 going through, what are you trying to accomplish now? What are you trying to accomplish in, you know, six to 12 months, but a lot of times they might not even really, um, have the ability or are, are prepared to talk about the six to 12 month. They're like, I just want to focus on the now. This is what I need to get done. So they come in for a specific um, problem to be solved. And, and that's a part of what we uncover together is where do you want to be in six to 12 months, maybe even longer and, and kind of work towards that goal while knowing that we can support the immediate need too. Well, yeah. and I think it's helping them understand like in the journey and life cycle of their you know, in our instance, product content or just general data, where they really should be starting. I think a lot of times folks come to us with the initiative of like, I need to grow my e-commerce sales. And so what they think the steps to do that is, and these are steps that have to be done, but it's have compelling content and, um, you know, meet the consumers where they are and, you know, increase the add to cart rate through these different initiatives. But what they might not consider is that like way farther upstream, you need to have a process that helps your data flow and helps it flow um, efficiently and correctly. And it needs to be right at that source of truth. And so uh, what they spend all their time actually tracking down, oh, gosh, um, you know, retailer A has different information than retailer B, and they should have the same information. Um, and they're not kind of taking a step back. And we can help them realize, you know, where should you actually start? Um, sometimes they're too far upstream to even make the changes they want to change. And, um, you know, we want to kind of help guide them on the right path, which isn't always the fast path. And we have to make that balance in between because speed is also important. 
makes sense. Well, and, and part of that too is, um, you know, right now I think, and y'all probably are saying this, but there's definitely a con- convergence of different departments that are having to work together that maybe historically have not really had to work closely together. Um, so just bringing the strategies together, even if you have your own departmental strategies, but also what's the the kind of holistic customer centric digital strategy as well. And how do these all kind of go together? So a lot of it too, is a little bit of change management and education on, on that end to make sure that, you know, what we want to accomplish now we can, but also, you know, we work together to build that futuristic approach too. And to Katie's point, the right way, but also quickly because things are moving so quickly right now. Yeah. Is there any, maybe even category, because it's, it's always good to play even Steven, right? With all the partners that you work with, um, different companies that you work with in our space, but is there a certain category, for example, that has really tapped into this approach that really shines bright? I mean, I think the CPG industry, like they, they're, you know, we work with some of the largest brands in the world and, world and, you know, we see a lot of variation across the different verticals and industries that we support on where they are uh, on that maturity curve or, you know, digital maturity path. Um, but I do think CPG, they're doing a lot of cool stuff and they're testing some things. And so, yeah, what if it comes to, you know, just engaging, um, shoppers in a different way with um, more authenticity. So I think that there has been kind of a shift to from how to incorporate user-generated content and influencers while still remaining authentic. That's something that we have heard a lot about lately. Um, so you want to provide that personal experience, but you don't want to you know, feel too targeted and, and still listen to the end consumer. So I think there's a lot of um, things there. And you know, of course, data and analytics is, is big there as well. But um, yeah, I think that, you know, CPG feels like they're, they're definitely leading a lot of, a lot of this right now. And I know this is the CPG scoop, but, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's the way it is. Well, and I will say, I think, um, without naming specific customers in our space, we've had a lot of success in the health and beauty industry recently. And by we, I mean our customers, right? So um, I I see folks in that space really recognizing and being able to take advantage of things like user-generated content and, you know, being able to engage with their consumers and the uh, the importance of not just great content on your retailer sites, but also, you know, influencers and things of that nature. But I do think that's a space or a category within CPG that at least we've seen a lot of engagement with over the past year. For sure. So... So heading into 2024, kicking off 2024, what do you think is going to be different in 2024? You mentioned the consumer, you mentioned brands. I mean, what are, how are we going to meet the consumer in new ways in 2024? I don't know if this is brand new, but I think there's going to be such a um, a spotlight on just the concept of sustainability or ESG, which is environmental, social, and governance initiatives. And when you think about it, um, I even saw a few articles this past week um, in a smart brief about just different packaging and different ways that, that organizations are looking at packaging to better suit what their customers are looking for, which is something that's sustainable, or even sustainable business processes like sourcing, sourcing ethical materials. So as the customer thinks about what's really important to them in their shopping journey, um, 
that evolves. And right now, that's really important. Environmental factors are really important. And so there's a lot of scrutiny around those practices. And I know CPG companies have already started to consider that. And there are already ones that are leading the way in that space. But I think it's going to go from being a nice to have to a requirement. Um, and you know, maybe not in 2024 all the way, but really shortly here. Uh, completely agree with Katie. And I think it's um, the creation and, and making sure your product is, you know, you're sourcing the right ethical materials, but you're also going to market in the right way too, and talking about them, them in the right way. Um, I think another part just kind of from like an internal perspective is a lot of, and I kind of touched on this earlier, but automation and working together to, to kind of speed things up. Um, you know, of course, AI comes up a lot right now. And I think if people aren't already talking about it and thinking about it and prioritizing it, it within their processes and their technology, then they're already behind. So determining um, from an automation standpoint, where does AI play a role? And then, you know, how do you kind of on the contrary, remain authentic and, and trustworthy with uh, your consumers? So I think that's um, a struggle that we'll see really evolve in 2024 and people are already you know, creating projects around it and initiatives to support these things. But um, there are, there, there's definitely the need for um, things to move more quickly, but also remain authentic in your approach and, and, you know, lean on people still <laughs> to make sure that we can get the, the right voices across. Yeah, it is a combination there. You're right. People in tech. Um, yeah. Well, you know, Jennifer and I started the CPG Scoop as an extension of the CPG guys, which we're so grateful that we um, have our wonderful access to different people out there and learning. And the whole idea behind the Scoop is for kind of coffee and tea conversations that are less frequent to be done in this format with a podcast so that others can listen and be a little bit of a fly on the wall about what's out there and what they can learn and hopefully stretch their brain. But we always like to wrap up our each episode with just what you've all done during the pandemic that you've pulled through in your personal lives, whether it's a hobby you've picked up or a different way you engage with people, what what would you both say, you know, you've taken from this time and brought into the future and is part of your everyday lives? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I have tried, I, I kind of live and breathe by the mantra progress over perfection in both my personal and professional life. It's really helped me shape my attitude and expectations and kind of remain positive because um, we have seen a lot of challenges, but I, I truly look at those or, you know, maybe not all of them initially, but I try to look at them holistically as opportunities. Um, so I guess like, you know, a personal thing that I started in the pandemic was I, I like to paint a lot to use that side of my brain and just get like, you know, it was a, a little bit of therapy for me, but then I had a lot of paintings just sitting around and I started selling them and just kind of tested out like an e-com type of experience wow. inside of my own, which was a cool endeavor. Wow. Um, so I did that for about a year. And then um, once I had my son, it kind of slowed down a little bit. But yeah, I think that there there is, you know, definitely a mindset to it, especially for somebody like myself, that's more of an extrovert that um, loves to be around people a lot. And instead, I'm, you know, in front of my computer with, with people virtually and that can be, that was a definitely a shift, but, um, yeah, I think, you know, that, and now my two-year-old just keeps me on my toes and, you know, understanding that I have, you know, his childhood in my hands is a little bit of pressure, but also knowing that there's no perfect way to do anything. And so just kind of 
continually going back to progress over perfection has really helped me. I love that. Yeah. Similar to Polly, I like to operate under the framework that like attitude is everything. And so when you think about what happened in the pandemic, I think being able to reframe your your attitude to, okay, what can you take advantage of here? What does this mean? So I got to spend a lot more time with my partner um, because we were both in a, in a house together with nowhere to go. So that was great. Uh, we had just gotten a puppy at the start of the pandemic. So that was really a good time to spend time with the puppy. Um, but also just, you know, finding ways to take the things that bring you joy. So I really enjoy traveling. Obviously in the pandemic, um, you know, the type of travel that I wanted to do was limited, but I also happened to be in um, in New Hampshire. So I was able to take up, you know, I was on a lot of hikes. I was able to find adventure in other new ways. Um, so really just reframing your your attitude. And I think that bleeds between professional and personal, right? The, 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 the version of yourself that you bring to work, that you bring to your personal life, that you bring to the people that you care about um, is really, you know, you want to put your best foot forward because that's how, you know, how you get the best outcomes. So that's, that's probably kind of the lesson that I learned that I try to put into professional and personal. It's, it's funny. We hear that a lot. The idea of wherever I go, there I am, you know, it's, it's the same and this knit and re- the recognition of that, that there's not this separate work self and personal self, maybe because we had to be who we were in the same space. I don't know. But we yep. hear quite a bit of that knitting together of uh, and bringing together the different sides of yourself into a single unified whole. It's interesting. Anyway. Yeah. So what's my favorite question? Because we get the most interesting yeah. answer. You learn a lot. Yeah. We do. We learn a lot. And we take nuggets away. And again, that's the whole benefit of this is sharing and giving people something else to think about or something else to prioritize or just, you know, put something back on the priority list, both personally and professionally, because we are one. Um, well, Polly and Katie, it was such a pleasure to have you on the CPG Scoop. Jennifer and I really enjoy getting to know you. And again, thank you to Brett because he's fantastic. Love him. Um, but this is great for folks to just explore, you know, have their minds be open in our very dynamic CPG category. So thank you for joining us today. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Amazing. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye.